I'm recording now, by the way. Sorry, I want. I also just before we officially start, I, I also just wanted to get a little bit of. I just want to bitch about one thing, um, which is that this season literally drove me insane. Um, I felt like I was being gaslit by everyone the entire time, and um, I just. I think the the thing that kills me so much about the way this season went down is. I, I, me, Jackson McDonald, Twitter user at Failson McDonald, was criticized on the broadcast, like the national broadcast, more times than Jim Benning was this year. <laughs> that's a real true, that's a true statement. And I just want to observe before we start recording how incredibly fucked up that is. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I'm your host, Jackson McDonald. Joining me in studio. Feels good to be back. Yasserin. And Elliot Hoyt. I, uh, Elliot, one of the reasons why we started a little bit late is because when I walked in, I came bearing a gift that I'll try to get to you uh, the next time I can, but I brought a frozen bag of my mother's, what did I give you? Damn fried rice, baby. All back. <laughs> yeah, Yas yeah. brought me some of his mom's famous lamb fried rice. <laughs> I'm going to make sure... That the next time we record, I derail the recording for like 45 <laughs> minutes while I, uh, I don't know, message my mom about how good your mom's <laughs> fried rice is. I didn't think this bit out before I started talking <laughs> well, about it. Well, what but. I loved is that Rachel uh, clearly remembers the whole bit because she was like, she's going to eat all the little pieces of lamb out of it yes. before you get to actually eat the whole <laughs> I thing. I was so That's impressed like my that brother. you remembered that. Yeah. yeah. So I will start this episode the same way I've started the last two. Obviously, it's a bit more of a dour note because the Canucks have been eliminated in seven games by the Vegas Golden Knights in round two. In round two, sorry. Uh, but how are you boys feeling? Well, so, you know, it always sucks when the Canucks get knocked out. But whenever you're done watching hockey for the year, it's always, you know, a little bit nice because it's the start of summer and you got the whole summer ahead of you. Just nothing but good <laughs> weather and... And it's fucking September eighth. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Not yeah. not great. Uh, and now, like, I don't know how the Raptors are doing today. I don't know if they played today, but they're down like three one or something like that, or no three two. Yeah, three two. And they, I'm all, it. and I'm like, I usually what happens is the Canucks get eliminated or the Canucks don't have a chance in the, sure. to get into the yeah, playoffs. or aren't even in the playoffs. And yeah. I have this other team like that, like the Raptors, totally. to get super excited about, like I did last year, sure. which was fucking sweet. It's so cool to cheer for a sports team in June. Obviously, we couldn't Absolutely. this year. Yeah. Nobody could. Um, but. Now I'm worried about the Raptors, but yeah, uh, I was I was like pretty sad when they lost. I got I really got convinced after Game Six. Yeah, I really yeah. thought parking Fair. the bus yeah. was going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and man, I can't believe it took till six minutes left to do it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's trendy. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like I always want to say like, yeah, it's really impressive, and then I I always have to add the caveat that it's like. It's mostly just impressive for Thatcher Demko. Like, I really don't have much positive to say about the Canucks' performance as a team. I have a lot of love for Thatcher Demko, who put on yeah. legitimately, I think, the most insane... Christopher's Gudlevskis level. Oh, yeah. Latvia. I don't think I've ever seen a Canucks goalie play like that in the no. playoffs. Like, no. I, I legitimately People keep don't. bringing up McLean in 94. 
I was one years old. Yeah, also, like... I was four. I didn't realize you had to score in the other teams. Like, halfway through that playoff run, I suggested scoring in your own net, and you're really let it in. Because that way you could score so many goals. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, not... yeah, Elliot thought it was just goals scored, the... period. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with... When you're uh... four years old, it makes sense. It, it it's makes true, yeah. The problem, with, uh, the problem with Kirk McLean, with saying Kirk McLean, is that, like, when Kirk McLean played goalie, half the goalies still played stand stand up and yeah. uh the the average uh save percentage was like 850 mm-hmm. so i kind of mm-hmm. feel like it's not quite the same like putting on a goalie clinic in the playoffs in 2020 is so much more impressive than doing it in the early 90s it is weird to know in 2020 or like that when i was watching the game there could have been like a barrage of like 10 shots at Demko and I would be comfortable looking down at my phone totally. to see what's happening on Canucks Twitter. Yeah. So I was like, all right, yeah, nothing's going to get scored. For, I'm, for I'm also not going to lie for me personally. It was mildly relieving when they God. lost for a couple different reasons. We're Re- going to kick you off the show somehow. Well, reason number <laughs> one is uh, this is a per- this is you saying that is such a like let me speak to the manager I am the manager <laughs> moment. Um, but I'm it, taking it was, that lamb fried rice back home. With <laughs> well, the number one reason it was relieving was uh, literally just it's. I think some years it would be fun, I guess, but this year for a new for a lot of reasons it was not fun. It was not fun watching them play like that either. I don't give a shit what anyone says. It was just taxing. It yeah, was just it was hard to watch for sure. It was Imagine, one find, like this rope dope thing very fun to watch. It's like, really it not. It, it wasn't, but just the concept that like we could take them to seven with that, and then I I never wanted to ask this like even in the sure. group chat because I didn't want to jinx it. Yes, uh, but I thought that the Canucks could outplay the Stars. Sure. Yeah, and that's why I yeah. was like. Oh, that that was just on my head more than than I was. Oh, this is like bad hockey or something. Totally. Because I yeah. I figure like Green is pretty good at changing his at adapting like better than we've seen from some coaches in the past. So I figured like okay, we'll play like this for now just to get through this crazy fucking team. Yeah, totally. And then yeah, and then we can go back to Maybe. playing normally, sort of. Maybe. I yeah. think the other thing too is that for me, just personally because i i do this for for work as a side gig or whatever it's just kind of more fun to watch the playoffs after the canucks are eliminated it's always the thing that like helps me fall back in love with the sport because i don't have to care i don't have to have an opinion um and so like as much as i sort of hate to admit it there is a part of me that always feels mildly relieved when they're either not in it or or they get eliminated. But obviously the other reason is just that like I did kind of plant my flag in the sand being like this team's not that good. And it would have been existentially uh, – I would have had an existential crisis I think if they had made the Western Conference Final playing the way that yeah. they did. They literally did as well as they possibly could have without causing an existential crisis for me. Um, but, you know, I, I mean – I feel pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like the second round out is like the most you can expect a team with a hot goalie to do. Exactly. And I also think, um, and we can maybe get to this a little bit later, I can expand on a little bit, but I also kind of think that like a second round exit, short of completely missing and being fucked and winning the cup is probably the best outcome for this season because it kind of, it sets expectations high which is good, 
It's going to set expectations like where they should be now for somebody who's five years on the job. And it also creates a market for some of the players that they desperately need to get rid of. Sutter is the big one. I do not think trading Brandon Sutter and not taking equal salary back was a feasible proposition a year ago, yeah. but it is now yeah. no. with yeah. how he played because he was quite That's good, good surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean... Well, like I said, Mr. October. Or he, he, plays, <laughs> yeah. he plays better this time. I think, um, honestly, in a lot of ways, like I, I feel the best I ever have about this team because, like I said, expectations are back where, sh- where they should be. And I feel like people now finally can't just accept, like... We we can't just keep looking at a team that like doesn't do anything and being like, oh, well, they took a step forward. It's like, no, the expectation now is they're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. If they don't make the playoffs, it, it, that's, it that's means there has to be changes. Yeah. And the other thing, too, not to get too much into Canucks psychology, but, you know, the Canucks do seem to have a bit of a pattern of emulating the team that beat them. Yes. And there's a lot worse teams that could have beat them from that viewpoint than Vegas. Exactly. Yeah. Vegas is a team that's deep, it's fast, and every single line can score, and that's what I think everyone wants to see this team become. And I am kind of glad, I am in a way, I guess, just from like that psychological standpoint, glad to see the Canucks not only play the Vegas Golden Knights, but lose to the, the Vegas Golden Knights because I do think it was a really nice gut check for the market in terms of like, you see this team? This is a good team. Yeah, yeah. What the team you've been watching all year has can have moments of brilliance, but this team you're watching here, this is what a good team looks like. This is a team that has three lines that can score, a fourth line that can win matchups in limited minutes, a team with six great to decent defensemen, a good goaltender that plays like, insanely good systemic hockey. Like every time they broke the puck out, I was like, fuck, I've like, I can't remember the last time I watched a team for a whole year that could break the puck out like this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I, I would see them take a puck in the corner and get pressured by a player and be like, oh, this is where the turnover happens. And they just like never turned the puck over. Mm-hmm. In those last few games, um, I'm sorry, but I, I I just I do have to pump their tires a little bit. Like the fact that they were able to win after just being crushed to death by how good Demko was playing. Like I know me personally, if I'm not a hockey player, but if I was and I was in their position, I would have buckled. I would have mm-hmm. been like, okay, this fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not happening. I fuck it I th- next I year. Think, <clears throat> I think if, if Vegas won the cup two years ago, they don't win game seven. Yeah, today I you agree. I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's like that athletic article you read about Washington, right? Yeah, honestly, that uh, mm. that half the locker room would have already won, and like, yeah, why push against this like brick wall? Yes, and because you, I don't know. Usually, it would be like a goalie steals one game, maybe two games, but for Demko to almost steal three games yeah. there. He, the dude made Demko of. stole two games, and Demko was not the reason they lost the seventh game. Exactly. Yeah. They they he or and he's he, a rookie rather. goaltender who's never played in the playoffs before. This is unprecedented, unreal. almost. Yeah, not quite, but but close to it. He is he he did something like allowed two goals in 
um, almost like 200 minutes yeah. of play. Like it was, it was completely insane. I've, like I've, I've or genuinely never seen anything like it. And that's another um, really positive thing that they can take away from this. Not because, uh, on the contrary, like not because they now can get rid of Markstrom, but because now they know that they can pretty much get solid goaltending mm-hmm. no matter what happens. Most teams are using two goaltenders in the bubble. Uh, because the schedule is condensed. And the other thing that I think is really great is it it's going to buy them a year to figure out what to do with the goalie situation. Mm-hmm. And obviously yeah, we'll get to him. signing Markstrom later. Yeah. But I do think it creates an opportunity where if they can if they play their cards properly, they can sign Markstrom to a big fat deal, with doesn't whatever deal you want. And then tandem him and Demko, if you like what you see from Demko, over the next year, make sure there's no no movement protection in that contract, and then expose Markstrom in the expansion. Yep. Mm. And then you and have at the, the end of the day, you've given up an older goaltender. Exactly, for and a that's lot of money. that's assuming Seattle takes him. Yeah, which they might not. They might go, eh, we don't. I don't know about that contract. He's old. Mm-hmm. He's Let's old, go for someone expensive. younger. Let's skip it. And then you have that. Now you have the ability of like, okay, well now I have these two good good goalies that I can trade. And one of don't them, forget, you know? DiPietro's supposed waiting. to be good. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Be. Obviously, but um, I feel like you put anything uh, under the watch of Ian Clark. Yeah, I kind of feel point. that way too. Yeah. How crazy is it, by the way, that for I don't know, like most of my teenage to young adult fandom, we were talking about how amazing the Canucks goalie coach was. And then they get rid of their goalie coach and get a new goalie coach. And now all we do is talk about how great the goalie coach is. Yeah. Like, how lucky what happened there? are Canucks fans I, that they went from... Why is this the one front office position that's like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's shocking. Because <laughs> uh, I... The same way that people talked about Judd Brackett this year is kind of how I remembered us talking about... Or media talking about the last goaltender coach. Yes. I forgot that guy's name now. <laughs> Rolly Melanson. Rolly Melanson. Yeah. Okay. Wait, is that the guy who was like... I was going to say Melly... I was going to say something like... With, starting with an M. Rollison, and then like, that's not right. Melly, <laughs> Melly Rollison. <laughs> Man. Uh, I did... We, we should still do those episodes about the Wild Series. Like, that Wild Series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. against it. Yeah. Obviously, like, the moment to do it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ...passed we, we and, and have it, it be but... relevant, but, you know... I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe... Maybe in a year or whatever they'll end up. Maybe there'll be another <laughs> play-in, or I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But um, I there's lots of other stuff I want to get to, but I feel like because I don't know what questions were going to be asked, um, now would be a good time to take some calls. Yeah, let's do it them live be. if we can, Elliot. Uh, Could you I, open up the phone boards? <laughs> are they? Are they, are they uh, we have two calls on the line. We'll get to the first one right now. <laughs> okay. A bit of context here. Elliot was uh, kind enough and uh, enough of a visionary to finally uh, start up a phone line, a, a voicemail line for us. So if you have any questions, especially during the off season, we're going to be looking for stuff to talk about. Yeah. And I break like the number one rule of hosting a show, which is that I talk all the time and yeah. give my opinions and don't, you know, I don't interview you guys, uh, so to speak. So the the call thing is really nice for me because it gives me plausible deniability I should, to just I talk should probably get time. off my ass and like try to host an episode. Eh? <laughs> <Would> I, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, 
People immediately start calling to be like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get, we, even though this episode hasn't come out yet, the, the phone line starts like. Um, so, uh, Elliot, do you mind, just before we take these calls here, do you mind telling the people what the number is so that they can call it? Uh, yeah, just one second. I need to make sure I don't read out Audrey's phone number. Uh, <laughs> so the phone number is 778-819-1451. Or as awesome. I was saying the other night, 778-TAN-OF-NASLAND-BURROW-STETCHER. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, great. As I said on Twitter, that's how I remember numbers. This so This good. month I'm learning about... Uh, how I probably do, I very much likely do have ADHD, and that is my workaround for it. Um, hi, this is Audrey. Uh, apparently, this is the Roxy Fever hotline, so I was just calling in to say, um, go Canucks. <laughs> Sorry about tonight's loss. Mm. I'm obviously very upset. I'm sad and alone, um, Audrey. But also, uh, Jacob Markstrom, now that you're free. Auga. Are you doing anything this coming week? Would you like to come to DC and hang out? Platonically, non-platonically, I'm down for whatever. Um, I assume he listens to the podcast and will hear this. So just like if you guys could pass on a good word, that would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. I mean, thanks, Audrey. So I'm honored that you think that Jacob Markstrom is one of the like 500 people that listens to this podcast. Um, yeah, we all know that Eddie Lack is the one who listens to this podcast. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I'm going to make a... Uh, the only Connect goalie that could feasibly listen to our podcast is like Chris Levesque. Yeah, yeah, no, that's entirely fair. I mean, you, you guys remember Ryan when Miller. Brock Besser went on that date with the girl yeah, yeah, to yeah. her prom or whatever? Yeah. Like, uh, can't we make this happen for Audrey <laughs> and with Jacob Markstrom? There's got to be some kind of way. Audrey. Can you pretend that you are dying of something? <laughs> I think I think we can make this happen. I'm trying to think if there's a way she can leverage Media Matters for this. Uh, that's I'm a good question. Sure. Can we get Tucker Carlson mad at Jacob Markstrom? Probably. Uh, that's that's probably yeah. the way to do it. Okay, here's here's what we that's gotta what we do. Need to do. We gotta get Jacob Markstrom to kneel during a game, <laughs> and then we gotta somehow get t- uh, Tucker Carlson. I almost said John Carlson. <laughs> John Tucker Carlson. Um, John Tucker Carlson must die. Eric. <laughs> um, it, we, we, then we just got to find a way for Tucker Carlson to get mad at, or for Tucker Carlson to find out about Jacob Markstrom kneeling, and then I feel like maybe we might be able to leverage mm-hmm. this Media Matters thing. Into- yeah. Or we could Photoshop it to make it look like, instead of an upside-down Canucks logo that was on his mask, it's an upside-down American flag. Oh, that's, that's good. Idea. What if it was an upside-down um, uh, trifecta American flag, thin blue line Punisher uh, insignia? <laughs> I'm so... Oh, shit. It's <laughs> sick. <laughs> <laughs> that was my landlord smoke alarm going off. <laughs> Shit. All right. <laughs> Not again. You want to keep your phone handy just in case your landlord's calling? Oh, no, it's fine. It's there. No, I know, but oh, they, yeah. they might I, be like... I'm not that worried about it. <laughs> Are you sure? I feel like you... Might... <laughs> you of all people should be worried about that. Uh, well, should I give context for that? Um, I think everybody knows that my house burned down. I don't know. Well, not everybody, but I, I think a lot of people know. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. yeah, we can make this happen. I feel confident <laughs> yeah. that we can make this happen. Um, holy shit. 
Okay, so anyways, Audrey was so hot for Jacob Markstrom in that call <laughs> that it set off my fucking smoke alarms. <laughs> but I, I do think that we can make this happen. What do you guys think? I am really afraid of potentially making that joke image of the Canucks Punisher thin blue line because it would totally just become like people would use it as people an would. Avi. Yeah, they would be like, this is great. I'm going to use this. And all um, the Botchford v. Avi people would just switch immediately to that. I was going to say, Adam Gaudet would put it on his mask or put it on his helmet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Like in the same place where they put the little shamrock or poppy, it would just be oh, the exactly. little Blue Lives Matter uh, Canucks logo. Canucks yeah. Punisher logo. Let's let's make this a campaign. Get get Audrey a date with Jacob Markstrom. Should should we? Oh, for, yeah, yeah, we'll make that. This would be. A I good... thought that was to get him to listen to our show. Oh, honestly, getting Audrey a date with him seems like way more likely than getting him to listen to our show. <laughs> let's take the second call here. Sure. Hey, Roxy Fever boys. Uh, now that this is over, we can finally get back to what unites us, which is uh, creating goalie controversies. I, for one, am really excited to see Francesco Aquilini undercut the abilities of Jacob Markstrom, uh, which is just another one of his immigrant employees he'll refuse to pay, pay uh, full price for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, do we want to talk a little bit about the goaltending controversy? I'll be honest, right? When he, when he said undercut and Jacob Markstrom, my mind went somewhere else. <laughs> we don't have to go there, but I, didn't, I didn't hear the end of it. <laughs> Hey, I got a job circumcising Jacob Markstrom's. <laughs> the money wasn't good, but the tips were huge. <laughs> uh, this is what happens when you get when like Vios is in the studio for the first time and fucking like. And also when we record at like nine forty-five. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously, the the Canucks are just another uh, group of immigrant laborers who uh, will be undercut by by Francesco Aquilini. But what do you guys think like the long-term play in net is here? I think with the expansion draft, you do get the luxury of extending Markstrom as long as you don't give him protection. Yeah. Um, we know that he's not a big fan of that. And <laughs> <laughs> I think the long-term play is indeed Demko. Fair enough. I, because I've been like, I've been thinking about uh, DiPietro's role in all of this. And uh, it makes me calmer about, however this goes to be honest totally yeah i that's also part of it i would be i would be fine if uh if they let markstrom go uh mm -hmm. in the in the in the off season uh in some way uh because like i would trust a demko and di pietro tandem and i i'm willing to take the risk of like letting yeah di pietro be a backup this this young i know he's like 21 or something mm -hmm. and i know that's like I know it's usually unheard it's of in really hockey, young, but, but I know we are, are moving towards good that. young. Yeah, yeah, goalies are just like any other. Or goalies position. are better younger than people think. Yeah, or mm -hmm. GMs Absolutely. are willing to risk it on, which makes sense because it's their job. And the, I would be, I would be impressed by management if they did that. Well, it's the kind of forward-thinking move uh, that like does all the right things mm -hmm. on some level. It's. Uh, it doesn't overpay an aging goalie. Sure. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and it's. Uh, it believes in the future of the team, and then like we would have a really cheap goalie tandem for a bit. And if yeah, Demko doesn't certainly. turn turn out like that great, we could still do something about that. He's gonna be an RFA, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they, they, it's not like they have to pay him. A, they don't have to back the Brinks truck up anytime soon. Yeah, I would. I would kind of basically. I would basically. I would feel a little bit safer going down. Sure. Uh, risking it for the youth, to be honest. And the other part of this, for me, is that with Markstrom, he's gonna take a bit of money. Like, 
there's no way around that. Yeah. But I trust Demco behind wh- wherever that money's coming from for Markstrom. That's either coming out of not re-upping Stetcher or not getting an RFA defenseman or a UFA defenseman, sorry. I trust Demko behind a better defense more than I trust Markstrom behind whatever sacrifices they have to make to keep Markstrom. I'm nodding. That's that's an that's an interesting take. I am gonna I'm gonna beg to differ slightly here for a couple of different reasons. One, the goalposts have shifted for the Canucks now. They're not a tomorrow team anymore. They can't keep saying they can't keep talking about the future anymore. Like the expectation for next year has to be the expectation for next year has to be at least make the playoffs. If they don't make yeah. the playoffs, disaster. And apparently, according to the, you know, um, the insiders or whatever, Francesco Aquilini internally is saying, no, the, the expectation next year is take the next step and become a cup contender, mm-hmm. which I love for like a couple of different reasons. One, I just I really want the expectations to go up in this market. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, reason number two, though, is it makes it it make, means like Jim Benning's ass is finally going to be mm-hmm. held to the fire, mm-hmm. which is yeah, something we that didn't really with... happen for four years. <laughs> yeah, like we predicted like an upside for like our I'm not going to say hatred of Benning, no, but like our not... hope that we we transition to a different management team. Yeah, is that success in these playoffs? Yeah, lights a fire up under his ass, and if he doesn't if he doesn't make the second round, he likely gets fired. Yeah, I the reason why I would like to see a different general manager is because. I feel like I've seen enough of Jim Benning yeah. now that I know what he what his deal is. I know what he's going to do, and I know that what he is going to do is not what I want the team to be. Mm-hmm. And um, and we can we can um, talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But with as, with regards to the goalie situation, I think that essentially there's just no way they can go into next season without both their goalies. And I don't think it's the worst. Um, I don't think it's the worst move in the world because in the short term what the Canucks are going to need to be successful is fantastic goaltending. If the goaltending falls apart, there is not a step next year, barring an insane blockbuster trade or being able to shed insane amounts of salary. Mm -hmm. There just isn't really a thing that they can do to improve the team that much. And so their goal is probably going to have to be to just try to keep as much of this group together as they possibly can mm. because they can't really improve on it. Mm-hmm. And with how much teams in the bubble have been going through goalies, how many teams have had to even use their third goalie, Yeah, I just think inviting a... I, I think if you let Markstrom walk, then you have to go out and get an, a tandem goalie. Mm. And at that point, it's just like, why not just pay the guy who's already been good? Yeah, yeah. I still say no. That's also really the best point. move. The best move here is uh, use this year as an audition for Demko, mm-hmm. and then decide what you're going to do in the expansion draft based on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody brought up and reminded people. I think it was just like I listened to the radio, and uh, Demko's performance in the regular season was like subpar, mediocre, or just like not like nowhere near what we saw in the playoffs. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And oh, that's the other thing too, is that like just because he played really well in three games doesn't mean he'll ever recreate this in his career. Ever. Yeah, and it's not just being able to win like a like in a road game in Columbus or whatever sure. in November. It's about being able to play that long and play consistently. And we know Markstrom can do that. Yeah. Markstrom's why they're in the playoffs arguably. Absolutely. Right? No, he's the reason. Right. So that's that's it's uh, playoffs is one thing, but yeah, getting into it is another thing, and we don't know if Demko can actually do that. Yeah, so. no, I think that's entirely fair. I think a, another 
I think the other interesting thing to all of this is that, like, you guys remember when I, like, I posted the, I think we even mentioned it on the show last time, the Uncut Gems meme of the, it's the the gun pointing at Adam Sandler, and Adam Sandler says, you know, Canucks after Tanev scored the scored the goal in overtime, and then the gun is off-season cop, uh, cap crunch. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is entirely fair to do this, considering every Canucks podcast just started referencing, like, pop culture all of a sudden. So, like, I want to reference cool pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> that's not explicitly a shot at the broadcast. <laughs> I, um, I missed that. That's uh, just uh, something I've noticed in general across Canucks Twitter recently. It's like, it's always, like, Game of Thrones or something. That's That shit's for babies. <laughs> Safety Brothers movies, okay? Um, yeah. But anyways, I do really think that now, like, I'm weirdly not excited, but, like, I'm just interested to see what how they're going to maneuver out of this house of mirrors that they've created for themselves. Like, the moving forward here, it's not going to be easy. They have $17 million of cap space and 10 roster splats to fill. In that, you got to either re-sign or replace... Markstrom, Tanev, Stetcher, Vertanen, Gaudette. Um, I might be missing some. I might be missing another. Toffoli. Oh, and Toffoli. Yeah. Um, Those are too many names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the amount of, we talked last week about how many guys the Vegas Knights have. That, that's a, the, the Canucks have that, but for guys they have to sign. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I, I'm just interested to, because I'm, there's a part of me that is holding on to the possibility that they could, there's a possibility that Jim Benning has really like learned on the job and improved because the last couple years have not been nearly as bad as the first mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. Right? The, those 50-50 bets uh, started to pay off more. And they started to make better bets. They started to make more 50-50 bets and less like 30-70 bets, which were the kind of bets they were making before. And so there's a part of me that's like, you know, maybe they've really learned. Maybe now with, with the expectations higher and being sort of freed of like trying to do that sort of weird Frankenstein compete while rebuilding thing that they were told to do at the beginning that they might really like show us their true colors and they're going to, and they'll surprise us. But then there's another part of me that has watched Jim Benning be Jim Benning for five years and just goes like, ah, finally, finally all the stuff is going to happen. And I, and I'm finally going to get to have like a little bit of, I'm sorry, but like a little bit of schadenfreude. Cause it, it, cause like the last few years have been, hard they've been annoying in terms of like um just watching a team that is on its face bad like forget about this year this year was whatever we can debate how much they deserve to be where they were and how much of it was goaltending whatever else but in the first four years transparently bad get endless rope and love from the media and as somebody who kind of came of age watching the same, a lot of the same people in the Vancouver media give Mike Gillis and Elaine Vigneault zero rope on anything, complaining about like line changes and like, you know, it, it, does Luongo have it in the playoffs? Like, I am kind of excited to hopefully see that come back, I'm hoping. Um, a little bit anyways, mm-hmm. because it has just been it's so the higher standard. Yeah. I, and, and I think something I was thinking about before we started recording was how like 
my goal, I guess, for the Vancouver market would be to basically turn Canucks fans into Yankees fans, which is in Yankees fans, the attitude they have is every year that the Yankees don't win the World Series, fuck you, this team sucks, fire everybody. (laughs) Like, I know that that's reactionary, and I know that it's like, going too far the other way kind of but it's better for the fans to have that absolutely mentality it's better for worse it's worse at other levels of the game but totally but it's also like it creates a better product when the standard is high and this was the the thing that i've been alluding to all episode is that like i see a lot of people on twitter i see a lot of people in the media and i debate whether they want the same thing that i do and what Mm -hmm. i want is i want the canucks to build a fucking dynasty Mm-hmm. I want the Canucks to yep. build a team that is capable of winning three cups in five years like the like the Blackhawks did or two cups in in four years like the LA Kings did or I want to watch I want to watch a lot of Canucks hockey in June yeah if the schedule yeah, returns, absolutely obviously. better yet uh, a team like the fucking Penguins that gets like two runs at it with the same people yeah. like yeah. one early in yeah. the I want an the, early PD run no one a late PD yeah run. exactly right um because, and the reason why I want that is because I think it's the only I think it's the only way to actually n- there's no guarantees of winning a cup, but it's the only way to really like definitively come close. Mm-hmm. Um, because if your goal is what I think a lot of people's goal is, which is to build a flash in the pan team that everyone can, you know, rally around and it unites the the city and oh, the people in the outside markets like you because you're cute and they want to pat you on the yeah, head because yeah. you're this cute team that doesn't deserve to be there. Um, that just like the St. Louis Blues last year. Yeah, a little bit. Um, or, Do you know how many gifs there are of Brock Besser just looking hot yeah. on Twitter? Yeah, like, like as in like you look up Canucks in the gif thing. Yeah, it's just all Besser. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and and like, don't get me wrong, I like that. I like that we oh, yeah, have yeah, players yeah. that people like. But I also think that you know, Drance has been on this uh, a lot recently. He's said it a couple times, like. The reason why everybody outside the market loved the Canucks in this run is because they weren't threatening. Yeah. Because they were a lovable, plucky underdog. I don't want the Canucks to be a lovable, plucky underdog. Like, I have zero desire. I was fucking one year old when they went to the Cup in 94. I give a fuck about any of the guys on yeah. that team. Like, I don't care. Um, I don't care about... I'm, I don't care about underdog runs. But I think that a lot of fans in this market are like psychologically tortured by 2011 and by watching a team that was supposed to win and didn't. They want to be loved. And they've decided that like they they have internalized the like Stefan Heck, the Canucks will never win a cup mindset. And they're saying to themselves like, well, they're going to lose. How do I want to watch them lose? Do I want to watch them lose playing with house mm-hmm. money? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to watch a dynastic team that's supposed to win mm-hmm. like three cups in five years or whatever? Eat shit. Yeah. yeah every time. I think the, they're like, no, it's, the less, <laughs> it's less painful to watch these underdog teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm, and I'm really scared that, like, we've already had our 0203 West Coast Express yeah. here. How could you not be? It could be. This could totally be it. This could be the best season shook we have right for, the next for them two, this three year. Years. I'm yeah. sorry, but, like, what was the thing that went wrong for the Canucks this year? And I'm going to include COVID because yeah. it gave a lot of players oh, a lot of rest, 100%. including Jacob Markstrom. Yeah. yeah. Who knows if Demko could have carried? Oh, and getting in, to play right? against probably at least one team, maybe two, that didn't even really want to be there that yeah. badly. Yeah, uh, like yeah. I think everything shook down right for them. And what did they get? They got uh, they got to game seven in round two, 
um, against a team that roundly outplayed them in six of the seven games, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. and they just got an insane performance from a goalie that most people didn't even think was going to be playing for them. And the, and in addition to that, too, worth noting, Jacob Markstrom was on waivers five years ago. Yeah. Like the yeah. Canucks didn't even didn't think Jacob Markstrom was going to be this good either. Yeah. So it's a lot of luck, and I don't I don't want to fucking leave it up to luck. Luck's not going to go the Canucks way most of the time. Mm-hmm. I want to build a team that's so good that luck doesn't fucking matter. Luck doesn't work for the Boston Bruins. Yeah. I would rather have yeah. <laughs> yeah. be The only way to win a cup is just have as many cracks at it as you can. Like Everyone thought those Capitals teams were fundamentally flawed, but no, it just sometimes it just takes a lot of cracks at the cap. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, it's especially in a sport as random as hockey. That, that's a great, yes. um, that's a great example too, because they're the, they're actually the team that I always put out as like, why you should just stick with it. Like why you should just yeah. try to don't galaxy brain it. Just try to build the best team with the best players. And eventually like that team had like a 10 year cup window and they, they ate shit. Nine out of the ten times, but then they finally did it. They're a, they're a big and that was team. I don't know about you guys, but that was literally the happiest I've been at a team winning the Stanley Cup in probably yeah, ever. That, that was the only one where I was like actively watching the finals for yeah. like uh I that was the yeah, that was the only Stanley Cup finals I watched over the last like five, six years. I don't pay attention to them. So speaking of other Stanley Cup finals, we should Should we do predictions? Well, I think first we should look at our predictions from last time. So how did we do, Elliot? I know you. Uh, I know you wrote down all our predictions and how they ended up for us. So, so for the Vegas series, I had the Knights in six. Vios, you had the Canucks in seven, and Jackson had the Knights in seven. All right, there we go. Ah, oh, damn! So I didn't notice. You can take a bow about one thing you got right this year after the national media took a you know giant shit on you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Military yeah. take. Yo, any publicity is good publicity. It's true. It is. I wish. I feel like that has been more true for other people in the past than me, though. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on this for too long. But a part of me really does think like I take. I have to take like the most shit to smallest platform ratio. Yeah. Of like almost fucking anybody on earth. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, let me just. I I, I just want to say, ah, uh, fuck! I, th- I I was so close. If yeah. I. If I won this, oh I know. Just I would make that my 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 Twitter avatar. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I totally get this because there have been moments this year where I thought I was going to be like right about something insane. Yeah. And it, I would never let people forget it. So yeah. it's it's totally fair and it's totally fair for people to not want to let me forget about um yeah. about yeah. stuff that I've gotten wrong, but yeah. also like I don't know. It, it may, mostly it just means it just it's just like oh why didn't I point out how I was right about stuff more mm-hmm. in the past? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, so that's yeah. that one. So Colorado Dallas Vias had Dallas in five, which I think is the closest. Yes, because I had the abs in six and Jackson had the abs in seven. Yeah. Man, I I was pretty close there. Uh, I I was looking pretty. We smart thought there when it was, was gonna three like one. It or looked something. for a second like they were gonna do it, and then yeah. Colorado clawed it back. That was a uh, man Dallas. That's the most wrong I've ever been in Every a while. Every time I hear about like a player who still who uh, was a hero of the game of a game for Dallas, like I've it's a never... different guy, and you've never heard of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that, totally. That yeah. one Finnish guy, I didn't Kiviranta. Know had... Nobody Kiviranta. Had heard of him. Yeah. I didn't know they had more Finnish players than I had already heard of. Like <laughs> yeah. Kiviranta, I had never heard of. Speaking of which, uh, Kiviranta, I don't know anything about him, but like he has very strong Tyler Mott vibes to me, and Tyler Play-wise? Mott. 
has very strong Jeff Cowan vibes to me in the sense that like, man, I don't, again, don't want to dwell on it, but like Canucks, please don't sign Mott for like three (laughs) years and multiple millions of dollars. This is king. Like sign him for three years at $1 million. That's fine. You can do that. It's, it's so obvious that this guy just, Tyler, do you know how many people get to make a million dollars a year? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Take it. Um, Take it. That's another way that, like, I felt like I was being gaslit this year. That it's just like in the past, in the past when, uh, you know, Reese Jessup or uh, Dmitry Filipovich, Drance, like all these guys were writing a Canucks army, there would have been somebody out there being like, not just don't sign Mott, but like, you guys are all mouth breathing babies for like not seeing that this is stupid. Brian Bickle deserves six times six. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, I really thought you were gonna. I really thought you were gonna pull it out, Vias. And so this series is... was. It was fun. It, it was kind of a bummer because I really wanted to see Colorado go farther. But yeah, apparently Dallas is like. I think they're the one team that has actually figured out shot quality, because people talk about shot quality a lot, but it's really um, like there isn't a lot of evidence that you can have great like shot quality. It is like a hard thing to improve. Terrible, yeah. Like uh, that was the thing that they used to say about uh, the Leafs. That Leafs team that went to the right. playoffs with like Phil Kessel, that was dog shit. But they just like kept oh, yeah. right, yeah. Um, and they, they kept saying, "Oh, it's because we shot quality." You know, it's all about shot quality. And for the most part, like it's not a real thing. Teams don't have great shot quality and terrible underlying metrics. I imagine it's also like marginal number differences. Except the Dallas Stars. Mm -hmm. I was looking at it the other day. They're a top five team in expected goals and like a bottom 10 team in Corsi, Hmm. which is really interesting. So over the last couple of years, there's been a bit, there's been a few more teams that are like that. It's starting to, yeah. But like now it seems like you can actually do that. Yeah. And and the Dallas Stars seem to have been the team that's like really figured that out because there are teams like the Islanders are a team that has better shot quality than Corsi, but they still like are really bad by underlying numbers. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do and if they can keep it up um, because I, I find these things interesting. Like as much as I am a stats guy, I find it interesting to be like, oh, there's teams that are like bucking the trend because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like to know where the limitations yeah. are. But yeah. Um, okay. So what was our next one? Wait, I have a question oh, about yeah. I, this. This is like a meta question about predictions. Oh, no worries. Yeah. Uh, so I had Dallas in five. Jackson, you had abs in seven. Yeah. Does it te- like I, what do we weigh more? I call that a draw. I think we're weighing the winner more than the games. Okay. I I, I think that's fair though. Like I think I think it's sort of um, like I think if you predict it goes to seven, you get a point, and then if you predict the team right, you get two, mm-hmm. and then if you predict the uh, the team and the number of games right, you get like three. Right. If that okay. makes sense, right? Okay. Um, we've just we've just uh, decided that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, so what's next? Now. Is that Tampa Bay, Boston? So, well, I was going to go Islanders. Uh, oh, okay. Flyers. Yeah, Islanders, Flyers. So, I had the Flyers in five. I'm doing terrible. Yep. <laughs> Vias had the Islanders in six, and Jackson had the Islanders in five. So that's advantage Vias on it that actually one. Actually, went to seven. Man, I'm winning this. Yeah. I I am Adam Sandler. <laughs> yes. I, I was also. This is how you. This win. is how I win. I was gonna add um, anybody who's turned off by Jackson's classic Bernie Bro. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> talk about the Safety Brothers movie instead. <laughs> I one of my favorite movies, probably my favorite movie I've ever watched, 
Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's, it's, <laughs> a, a, bit, it's, a, it's a big movie for queer girls. Uh, and, uh, it's probably good. I, I will promise to make up for the misogyny of this podcast <laughs> to... Uh, I will try to match Vanessa Jang in making Canucks memes using that movie. <laughs> I'm going to start tonight. Book I'll it. try. I don't. Uh, I don't know that one, but just to prove oh, my so uh, queer feminist uh, bona fides, I'll just try to make memes about. <laughs> but I'm a cheerleader. Have you guys ever seen that? I have not. No. You got to see fucking. But I'm a cheerleader. No. It's okay. so good. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> okay. Tampa Bay, Boston. Yeah. I don't know what Jackson had because Justin actually write yeah. down. I think I said oh, Boston in seven. Oh, okay. Well, so because we all have different predictions, I wrote down Boston 6, and Vyas had Tampa in 6. Well, there you go. And I think in real life it was Tampa in 5? It was. That was the happiest I ever was. Wait, have I won all of these? No. No, Jackson won. I got the, the Vegas one, one right. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah, shit. no. You got the other three right, though. Hell yeah. Impressive. Hell yeah, I mean. This is the proof. This is... Vyas is just a proof that, <laughs> like... Not knowing anything is the way to be right the most. <laughs> me, and Chris, me and Christina both. <laughs> Gut, just guts. Yeah. This yeah, is the most random the sport there is. It's true. That's yeah. why, that's that's probably the re- like, that's why hockey sucks as a sport when you compare it to basketball. Yeah. And it just as like, as how much fun it is to watch, but also how much fun it is to follow. Yeah. I don't have that much fun following hockey as a sport. I follow the Canucks because it's like my... Yeah, you no, don't have a sure. choice. <sighs> I don't know what words to use here. Vic syndrome. It's really fr- <laughs> <laughs> it's really frustrating because <laughs> as an uh, as an observer or as an analyst, it's really frustrating because so much of your analysis just has to be like, but no one really knows anything and nothing really means anything. So yeah, uh, Which you know, like you don't see basketball analysts do that. No, exactly, but, and yeah. it's very frustrating because to. you can be a really good hockey analyst and like still be wrong like more than half the time oh, just because you of... don't have to be right yeah exactly mike milbury's had a job for how long well that's part of what's so <laughs> frustrating about it right is that i like... mean i know there's other elements to that yeah old boys club but... oh absolutely but anyways um what what We're else now turning to the 2002 the super no, okay no um <laughs> We're looking at the so pit. let's talk a little bit about uh about the the final four here and um and lay down some predictions for for the the next two or the next round here, and uh, maybe maybe the next two. It might be nice to just get the. Well, I guess we should wait until we know what the final two teams are. Uh, Vegas and Dallas is tied one one. Tampa is up one nothing on today. The oh. Islanders. Oh, okay. games. Oh. so as a as a little preview here, I do actually think the Dallas Stars are going to give the Knights more of a run for their money than maybe a lot of people would think. Um, I do, however, think that the Islanders are running up against the ceiling for how good they can do playing the style that they play. Getting the roster that they have. Getting beaten 8-2 in game one is... Just, not a great sign. Is getting your teeth knocked out in round one of yeah. a boxing yeah. match. Absolutely. Like all, of, yeah. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't really know what to say there. Um... I'm very tempted. Uh, let me think. I think lightning in five. Yeah, that fair. feels easy to say though. No, that's okay. entirely reasonable. How about I'm yourself? I'm gonna be bold and say lightning in four. Oh wow. Okay. Mm. I'll say lightning in six. I'll give I'll give the Islanders a bit of credit here and say so, that they can. So take congrats a to uh, the new Stanley Cup champions, the uh, Long Island Islanders. <laughs> yeah, <or the> Long <laughs> Islanders. They should just call be called the Long Islanders. 
Yeah. That'd be a better name. Stamkos is gone for the whole series, by the way. That right? is true, yeah. Hmm. Which is, oh, okay. Uh, that used to be a big deal. It's really not anymore. It's true. He's like their third or fourth best player. Now. Yeah. It's so insane. It is so, it is so weird. I, I don't understand how Tampa got built as a team. It's a long story. It's... Honestly, if you want to do like a good heritage minutes about interesting, like, uh, uh, things that are, you know, r- more related to like the building of teams and stuff. The Tampa, the history of the Tampa Bay Lightning would be fascinating because they just did so many. They they're a classic example of a team that like took calculated risks, and those risks paid off so well that they made up for the fact that they still did a lot of shit wrong and made a lot of mistakes. Mm. I'm thinking when I'm going back to our conversation about how losing to the Knights is better than losing to most other teams. Oh, 100%. Because obviously yeah. the Canucks mm-hmm. like try to emulate that to whoever we lost to. Um, harder to emulate the Knights when you look at them as a team that's only exists for three years Yeah, and the circumstances in which they built their team. The circumstances are incomparable, but this idea and the ideology of how you build the team is not. I want the yeah. Knights to win the Cup. I, I'll be honest with it, even though like a part of me really wants Tampa to win the cup um, because like stylistically, I would love for Tampa to win the cup win the uh, yeah, I would love for Tampa to win the cup because it would be nice for the team that people emulate to be a team that is be built on speed and skill with very little brawn just because it would mm-hmm. finally kind of swing that pendulum back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I want, Vegas to win. I'm rooting for them to win more because I want concrete proof Stanley Cup winners. I want to be able to point to a team and go, this team clowned on every single NHL general manager. It is proof <laughs> of concept that nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And that yeah. we're not like it's not insane to yeah. question these people or criticize them because by all accounts, like you should not be able to win a Stanley Cup three years after beating gift like your franchise mm-hmm. existing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that almost won the cup in their first year of existence. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? And another upside to that if they won this year, I don't know if the expansion draft rules are in place yet. Is that true? Uh no, it's just the same as last time. It will be the same as yeah. last time for yeah. sure. Yeah. Are we yeah. sure that this wouldn't happen where the Knights win? And everybody just like gets suspicious about Seattle and just changes the rules and makes it back to the that basically no, Seattle. I don't would think have so. The same so the odds rules for one Nashville. thing, but the other thing is that a bunch of GMs did the most damage by just galaxy braining it. True. Yeah. Oh yeah. Giving the Marsha So and Smith to protect Petrovic, True. who wound up in the AHL for the Bruins. Oh. That is an amazing. <laughs> that is a like Mount Rushmore stupid decision by a that's a mike milbury in long island level decision <laughs> it, it rocks completely um okay so okay, fair uh dallas and vegas what are we going with here this one's hard i'm going with knights and seven okay i can i'm gonna apply the same logic as i did for the canucks and vegas series the knights should be winning the series yeah but i do think if dallas is gonna win in any way it would have to be in seven games. Sure. The same way the Canucks, I don't think, could have won that series in any number that was Other seven. than seven. Yeah, I agree. And Dallas has surprised uh, a lot. The fact that they Absolutely. could beat the Avs like that. I know the Avs had different issues going on this totally. year. But, yeah, I'm going to say Dallas and yeah, seven. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They were better than the Avs. 
like yeah, over yeah. the series, right? It was close. Sorry, what was but that? Yes. He oh. took uh, Dallas and seven. Yeah. Dallas and seven. Okay. I like this because I did. I was hoping someone would take Dallas, but now I get to say what I actually believe. <laughs> Not trying to play it down the middle and just say Vegas and six, which is okay. what I think. So it Dallas would be. only win one more. One then. more game, yeah. Good. All right. Um, yeah. So feel free. There... To, uh, people calling in, feel free to clown on our decisions. Oh yeah, no, I love that, and I love that Elliot set up the. And, and I love that Elliot set up the phone line for us. Um, I guess that's pretty much it for hockey-related stuff. Was there anything else we wanted to get to? Oh, maybe uh, do we want to spend any... Nah, uh, Jake Vertanen, there'll be plenty of time to talk about Oh, yeah. We have, we, this is the summer of Jake. <laughs> we'll yeah, never no run kidding. out of time to talk about Jake Vertanen. <laughs> um, so, we although will continue they did, talking about Jake Vertanen long after he's a Vancouver Canucks. It's true, yeah. Uh, although I will say that BC just announced today that they're closing down all the nightclubs again. So, I mean, if there was any time for Jake to get back in shape get back in you know uh star form it would be now <laughs> uh so just on a final note here um we haven't been recording as much recently because we kind of want to let the series breathe and now we yeah, can kind of just like go if, back to recording more 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 often or less often depending on what we want yeah, now it would have been obviously nice like if we could frequency of like the van cast or something yeah you know, totally like, but it's just not really feasible right now the series but it's not feasible yeah and also it's it's difficult to schedule that because yeah, like what if we're reacting to a game that's like now two games old and we're yes exactly and yeah. and i can't be counted on to like edit uh, on the same day either and then if i gotta go work at my day job then right so also but, we're clearly a podcast that's not about the day-to-day of the canucks no absolutely uh, not play, like the actual hockey part of it mm-hmm. uh necessarily and uh oh, i guess i can't recommend locked on right now <laughs> uh yeah 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 um when justin finally heals from his uh congratulations on standing up today and both like on both feet today by the way to Justin. oh yeah yes. absolutely we we did tell people a little bit about what happened to him but justin has a gofundme now i'll put the link in the episode description so you can donate to that um and um I uh, yeah, I'm really proud of him, and I'm I'm glad to see so many people rally around him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, the one final thing I wanted to get to this week, and it is a bit of a downer note. One person who certainly would be uh, standing up and supporting Justin right now, were he here today, is Jason Botchford. And um, Jason, the news came out. I guess maybe maybe about a week ago now. Um, it's it's old news now, but still something that we wanted to talk about on the show. Um, the co- we finally have a cause of death for for Jason, who died in I believe May, uh, beginning of May last year, and um, that cause of death turned out to be uh, accidental overdose of cocaine and fentanyl, and um, obviously it's really sad. Um, I was wrecked about it for quite a few days, very, very wrecked, um, especially with what's going on right now, just everything um, pandemic-related, but then also um, the opioid crisis in BC, which is something that I had honestly been pushing out of my mind because it was just too fucking depressing, and every time I would think about it, it would be like emotionally crippling. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was an absolute gut punch to hear that Jason is a, another casualty mm-hmm. of this. Um, 
I wrote something up at the Roxy Fever blog about it. Uh, I just recommend people go read that. Jackson, it's so good. Like, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's such a good piece. Um, I I didn't know Jason. Like, really, I talked to him lots, but I didn't know him. I never met him in person. He was somebody that he was just like any person that if you've been on Twitter for a long time that you like, you feel he's like your you Twitter friend, him. like yeah, he's yeah. somebody that you're in the DMs with and you talk to or whatever. So I don't know Jason well enough to be able to say, and this is something I mentioned in the piece. I don't know Jason well enough to know whether or not a safe supply would have saved his life specifically, mm-hmm. but I want to use my platform and use this opportunity to show people that like the people who are dying because of the drug war are some of these people are Jason Botchford level talents. Like it's not yeah. just not that it would matter if it was just people who were horrifically addicted to drugs on the downtown east side who are homeless or whatever. But like I really hope people It's hard to thread that needle. Like Yeah. And I think we all know what you're trying to say, but it is really hard to thread the needle where it's like the other part of this that really struck out to me was that we got this news like three days after the overdose numbers for the year came in and it was yeah. like 911 deaths mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. up until the end of July or the start of August, wherever it was. Yeah. And then just, and like, I've been lucky that like no one I know has died from this except now like, oh, this is like someone that I really looked up to. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, the, the point that I'll try to make here that is not about, it's not about um, trying to classify whose life is more important than anyone else's. But the thing that I will point to here is is look at this man, look at what he meant to his um, working space, to the people of Vancouver, to Canucks fans. A guy who was on the level of stardom in his market that a player would have, mm-hmm. which is insane for a media mm-hmm. person. And it's just how can you look at that and tell me that these people's lives don't matter because they were all drug addicts. Mm-hmm. Like this should just be proof to you mm-hmm. if you didn't understand it before that that's just a pile of horse shit. Yeah. I'm not, none of us are like experts on this by any means. So I would just really highly recommend if like the only thing that ever came out of this podcast was that we gave Crackdown Pod like 30 more listeners, that would be fucking worth it <laughs> yeah. to me. It's the only good podcast it covers this stuff in really great detail. And um, I'm so mad. I'm mm-hmm. so fucking mad yeah. that uh, that somebody I looked up to so much um, died adjacent to such a fucking solvable mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. The solution is right there. It's fucking staring everyone in the face. And anybody who can do anything about it is too cowardly to fucking do something mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, read the piece, listen to Crackdown. I don't know how to thread this part of the needle. Sure. Because of my position, but... Sure, yeah. I mean, I don't have a certain position right now, but there are people to blame for this. Yeah. I really don't like when people are just like, oh, I don't want to politicize this issue. This is so terrible. Yeah, What are we going to do? There are well, side sure as fuck politicizing it. Well, exactly. exactly. And that's the thing. Is and they're that using it against you. If somebody, yeah. if somebody yeah. like, if... I'm going to fucking politicize it because I can't. Yeah. Because I don't have to worry about some about the hammer coming down on mm-hmm. me. And also shout out to um Thomas Drance yeah. who like yeah, I was I, the, I, do I was want- fucking um when this happened 
I was sitting, I probably told you guys in a group chat, I was sitting there going, is anybody going to be brave enough yeah. to say what this is? Yeah. And he was. And fucking, I was very happy he's to a, see that. He's from not good, just him and from other people too. He's a I good man. Expect. Like he, he's, he's a good guy. He, he mm-hmm. helped me through, um, a lot of uh, a lot of craziness with Canucks Army this year and stuff. Like he called me on the phone to like help help me through stuff and talk through stuff. And I don't always agree with him, like certainly politically, but um, I am I like really respect the big brass cojones he had to just fucking immediately after it came out be like, we got to get people a safe supply. It's killing people. I agree. Okay. You know? The episode of the VanCast the day after that news came out, uh, or like whatever day it was mm. um Dran- i loved hearing Drans go in so hard on yeah. uh, in, pol- in politicizing it um it's it was one thing i was worried about just like you like is anybody going to say anything and yeah it was really cool like the tweet that i sent out that was saying the same thing Drans is saying like that i you can't untie this from from politics you can't it's uh, true it's something yeah. we could stop and it's so frustrating and that's what frustrates us even the more on drugs is a political decision exactly right? how do you say it's de- apolitical or depoliticized? Like it's not, it's hundred percent. It's just not. I would These fucking love it if it was. Yeah. I would love it if it was depoliticized. Mm-hmm. I would love it if it was as depoliticized as fucking, you know, like alcohol <laughs> or whatever, you know, like yeah. it, but it's not, yeah. it's, it's fucking not. Yeah. And, um, and you know, like, I'm sorry, man. Like I work in kitchens. Fucking everybody does cocaine. Mm-hmm. Like if, if it's, if this, if this like, toxic shit is making it into cocaine that's gonna kill so many people that that you wouldn't like think of as being yeah Yeah. your friends your family people you know like um i had dinner with izzy fair from the athletic and georgia um, oh nice uh when they were in victoria recently and um like obviously it was lovely to see georgia and I always love spending time with Georgia and I always love talking to Georgia, but it was really cool to talk to Izzy because Izzy is really connected through his work editing for The Athletic and it was great. You get to all the best conversations about sports are always off the record. This is something oh, I've yeah. learned. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had so much fun being on the show with you guys because you yeah. get more than me. Because you get to learn stuff, yeah. right? And, 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 yeah. and I was thinking about, you know, Izzy and I, I'm not going to... I won't say anything that we talked about because obviously I don't want to get him in trouble, but it was so nice to, as somebody a little bit more on the outside, to say things and just have him be like, oh, that guy, that guy does this. Or like, oh, here's the thing most people don't know about that guy. Or, or like, oh, that guy that you think is stupid. Yeah, I've met him. He's even stupider than you think he is, right? It rocks. And it was like the next day I found out about this botch news. And it was like, I literally like because of bad policy was robbed of probably yeah. so many nights where I could have done this with botch. And it's just like, yeah. if outrage ends, what is life? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like yeah, I'm so mad. Yeah. I'm so fucking mad. And I hope more people are mad too. Mm-hmm. And on that note, <laughs> the, uh, one, one more thing. Yeah. When I mean like there are names, the BC health minister could wrap this up yep. tonight. Bonnie Henry has called for what we're all calling for and absolutely and decriminalization. Yeah. And every time John, Horan, and everyone's like falling over themselves to buy the Bonnie Henry, like shoot Bonnie, yeah, Bonnie Henry, fucking... one of the most like popular people yeah. in, and, yeah. and there's a part and of just me, listen to her about safe supply. You trust. I mean, I know there's some people who criticize her for not going far enough on COVID, but like 
okay, so that's an argument to listen to her even more on safe supply. Well, yeah, remember yeah. when when BC like unanimously was like, oh, she doesn't want us to be the NHL city. Okay, fine. Like people weren't even mad about it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. if you can get behind that, because Bonnie Henry mm-hmm. knows best. Every time somebody sees John Horgan ask for help from the feds for this. Get Mr. Plaza and tell him to fuck off because he could, like, Bonnie Henry, page, I think, 27 or 35 of her report on, on the opioid crisis specifically lays out two different ways John Horgan could decriminalize this whole thing today. I, I really hate that. Like, I really hope the next step of this conversation, and I hate that there has to be steps that should have been done yeah. by now. Yeah. People attribute names to this. Absolutely. Adrian, Adrian Dix, John Horgan. Yep. At a certain point when yep. so many people die from something legislated, something that could be done through policy, I know I may not be able to call it murder, yeah. but people should. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I I voted for John Horgan. You can't, Horgan. but we can. Uh, I didn't vote. I guess I didn't vote te- technically for John Horgan, but I voted for his party. And on a lot of things, they've actually done, they've actually, I don't want to say impressed me, but uh, met my standards on certain things. And I have very high standards and I never expect them to be met. If you don't do this, you're a coward. Mm -hmm. You could do it. Mm -hmm. You're very popular right now. Mm -hmm. The whole fucking point of you guys getting in there is supposed to be to fix shit and to not, you know, take a page out of Dave Barrett's fucking book. Here for a good time, not a long time. Um you know, I don't want to just turn the show into a big, long fucking BC Poly rant, but um, think about Jason Botchford, man, when you yeah. think about this stuff. Yeah. I want I want anybody who listens to this show, if you loved uh, Botch the way I do, he's one of the only people in sports I speak reverently about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I hope that when you heard this news, and I understand some people may not be there yet, but get there quick, Yeah, don't buy the whole, despite, despite the news we heard about how he died, I still like him. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> get on. I get fucking on like board. him more. <laughs> Fuck off. I couldn't have cared less. Yeah. I I it makes, it makes I assumed no when it happened that it was going to be drug related. Um because I I'll be honest with you like if you can make it through this business without drugs, I think you are probably a psychopath. Um And that, that thing you mentioned about like people in your industry and yeah. people might like think of uh food industry as like oh yeah, of course they do. I'm in law school. Yeah. I know so many people who do this kind of thing. Absolutely. Per, like, oh, to, yeah. to be able to work. I mean, we all know that, too, because it's like the whole, you know, trope or stereotype of, like, the Adderalled up student. Absolutely. Like, yeah, well, and yeah. not to mention, how many fucking NHL players do you think do cocaine? Christ. You want to try all of them? <laughs> like, literally everyone except Henrik and Daniel Sedin, probably? <laughs> it just bothers, yeah. like, and I, I, it's, I don't want to make it about that because it's not. It's about It's about so many other things, but, like... This is um, make this be the guy that you think about when yeah. stuff like this comes up, because I, I honestly I I in a weird way, as much as I hate to have to think opportunistically about this kind of stuff, um, I can't think of a better person to talk about as like a, a loss mm-hmm. because he was a he was w- one person who, you know, I don't know every person who died i don't know the all the 911 people who died last year of overdoses but i know this guy and i know that he was a loss to so many people that he didn't even meet mm-hmm. so yeah if if any of these other people were meant that to one tenth to yep. one yep. one percent of the people that 
botch meant something to. It's a it's a fucking crime against humanity. Do you want to end on that quote that you had in that article or paraphrase? Uh, yeah, it? sure. It's one of my favorite ways of thinking about the world. So, I'm so um, glad yeah. You okay, yeah. Uh, to paraphrase Stephen Jay Gould, one of my just an absolute mensch. Uh, look him up; he's wonderful. I'm just going to read from the article because it's the easiest way sure. to put it. I hope that I hope that's not too masturbatory to read. <laughs> no, no, no. I recommend this article. I didn't know Jason well enough to know whether or not a safe supply would have saved his life. But to paraphrase Stephen Jay Gould, I am somehow less interested in this question than in the near certainty that people of similar talent have died preventable deaths from overdosing on contaminated drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the original quote is something like. I'm less interested. I'm less interested in the weight and convulsions of Einstein's brain than in the near certainty that people of similar talent have died working in sweatshops and cotton fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a wonderful way to think about mm-hmm. the world. And on that note, um sorry for the downer ending. Uh you can follow me on Twitter at Vailson McDonald. You can follow me on Twitter at Vyasaren. You can follow me on Twitter at Moose Kayak. Uh, make sure to follow the pod at Roxy Fever and subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. And give us a call at, what is that number, Elliot? 778-819-1451. Perfect. And one quick last thing. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure we didn't give him a shout out. The person who called in outside of Audrey, I think that's Renil Prasad. Oh, cool. I think that's, I think that's the case, right? I'm pretty sure. I I just have the phone number. I okay. I think I guessed based off of uh, Twitter. Uh, uh, yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'm call like it's not uh, incriminating. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the show. I know I know you've been like one of the day one listeners, and I also know you're Fijian. And uh, so rock on. That that's that's sick. <laughs> that rocks. Um. Yeah. Uh. Send your hate mail to whatever Adrian Dix's Twitter account is. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dead know what they're doing when they leave this world behind When the here and the hereafter momentarily align See the need to speed into the lead suddenly decline Dead know what they're doing when they leave this world behind And as much as we might like to seize the real and hit rewind Quicken our pursuit of what we're guaranteed to find and the dying's finally done and the suffering subsides All the suffering gets done By the ones we leave behind All the suffering gets done By the ones we leave behind Nights that won't happen Time we won't spend Time we won't spend With each other again With each other again
Thoughts are just old houses, dreaming people in the night Have no doubt about it, hun, the dead will do alright Go contemplate the evidence, I guarantee you'll find The dead know what they're doing when they leave this world behind Nights that won't happen Time will all spend Nights that won't happen Never ever again Nights that won't happen Never reaching the end Nights that won't happen Suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind on 